Now, I am uh, going to say a few words about our our uh, uh, special speaker. She's not a guest speaker, but special speaker, Julia Pierce. Let's give her a hand as she comes along. Good try kind of hiding over there with that hot pink uh, jacket there. You know, that was really, really slick. Yeah, it, we, we didn't even you just blended in so well. <laughs> and uh, I just love this gal so much, don't you? Isn't she amazing? Wow, what an amazing gal. Mm. So uh, Julia is someone that um, is, is she's a key leader here at Living Waters Church. And I'm so grateful that... Um, not only in worship, but even in staff meetings, she's more available now with her uh, f- more flexible schedule to be a part of staff meetings. But she is a key leader, and she has really been, um, uh, you know, blessed to be in this worship leader role. And uh, one thing that, I, and I tell her this, that I'm so grateful for, there's a consistency in her level of worship that she brings in her heart in her in the quality that she brings and so there's a consistency about her in her leadership and and we're blessed because of it let's give her another big hand for that and um you know another i'm just going to say this real honest i'm going to just be kind of be blunt honest about this but i am grateful for the godly ladies in our church and we have uh women of god at living waters and um and we need to hear from them and what the Lord's uh, showing them. I miss uh, Miss Marty Brown and how with her on staff and we would have her uh, preach. Um, I'd, I'd try to schedule her and she would hold back. I mean, I, I would want her to get up more because God would speak to her through her and for the body. And, um, and so, you know, I'm just excited to have Julia uh, another one of these godly ladies in our church and leadership. Let's release what God has given her and the speaking gift that she has uh, to bless our bodies. So pray with me as we uh, get prepared for this. Father, we ask that you uh, make our hearts fertile ground, that it's soft heart, that it's um, a hungry heart to receive your word today. Lord, we recognize uh, the gifts and the mighty work that you've done uh, over the years in Julia's life and ministry. So we uh, are are eager to receive from your spirit today. Bless her, encourage her. Lord, build her up, Lord God, and use her and anoint her today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. That's your water, by the way. <laughs> oh, wait, there I am. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I'm, I've still got a smirk on my face because of hiding in, in the hot pink jacket. That's pretty funny to me. <laughs> All right, um, so Stephen called me a couple weeks ago and asked if I would preach this Sunday, which is the first Sunday of 2023, Woohoo! And, uh, I, and I, I was surprised by the request because I've never done this before, but you know, I guess that my Bob Dylan impression a few weeks ago really hit home with some people. <laughs> so here I am. Um, initially, I told Stephen that I wanted to take a few days to think about it. But uh, later, I was, um, I was making a bowl of popcorn. I wasn't thinking about anything spiritual. And God just kind of dropped it into my spirit. There's your title. There's your synopsis. And I was like, oh, man. So I put down the popcorn, and I had to go write it down. 
and、uh, texted Stephen, and I said, "Well, he just told me what it's about, so I guess I'll talk." <laughs> so、um, I'm pretty excited about what he gave me to say, and the, the title of this message is "I'm with Him." And right off the bat, I want to tell you who this message is for. There are four categories of people, and you know, if you don't if you don't fit into any of them, you can go skip the Cracker Barrel line and you know get something to eat ahead of time. But you're probably also not a person, so you're probably not hungry. <laughs>、um, so the four categories are for anyone who knows that God has called them to something, but they've been procrastinating because they feel unqualified. For anyone who's been rejected, and/or anyone whose fear of rejection has frozen them in place instead of letting them fulfill their purpose. For those who need emotional healing and the wounds have stopped you in your tracks for too too long, too many times. And for those who need physical healing and you've allowed physical limitations to disqualify you from what God has not disqualified you from. If you fit into any or all of those categories, then don't go to Cracker Barrel just yet. Stay in your seats、um, for a little while. I hope to have you standing by the end of this message, because today is a day to take action. Today is the day to break chains and to cut ties with limitations, and today is the day to say, "I'm with Him."、Um, So, th- like I said, this is the first time I've ever preached on a Sunday morning,、um, but I've given my testimony a few times, so that's kind of the style in which I'm going to speak today. Because I have testimonies about all four of these categories. <laughs> but first, I'm going to read Acts 17:24 through 28. Actually, let- let's stand up. Pastor Joel would have us stand up to read the scripture. Let's do it. <clears throat> Sometimes Stephen does too. I'm not leaving you out. <laughs> Acts 17:24 through 28 says, "The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by human hands. And He is not served by human hands as if He needs anything. Rather, He gives Himself. He gives. I'm sorry. Rather, He Himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, He made all the nations." That they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. You can be seated. So the first category is to the unqualified. What do I know about that? Well, here I am. <laughs> by by virtue of education or experience, I should not be here today. <laughs> but、um, but God had something for me to say, and apparently He told Stephen. So here I am. <laughs> and the funny thing is that I actually have a really long history of doing things that I'm completely not qualified to do. Um. And and here's a here's one funny story from that, kind of an odd story. I don't know why I thought of this one, but you'll like it, I think.、Um, when I was 18, I was in Israel for a few months, and I was 
I was going to a, something called an ulpan, which is a language school for immigrants. And um, all of my other classmates were middle-aged Russians who spoke no English, and I was the only one in the class who spoke English besides the teacher, and we were all trying to learn Hebrew. So there was, there was really a communication barrier there. <laughs> um, but as, as, I, as I observed the classmates that I had, one thing that struck me as really odd was that every time we had a break in the class, they would start speaking, and the flow of the conversation, it was as if they had been in conversation for a long time, even though I know we'd been sitting there quiet for a while. Like, it just, it just how it flowed. It was strange. So I had one Russian acquaintance outside of the Ulpan, and I thought, you know, it would be hilarious if I asked this person to teach me how to say, that's what I was thinking in Russian, just so I can be part of the conversation. <laughs> So he did. And the next day I went to class, and in our first break, everybody started talking as if they'd already been talking. And I sat there and quite loudly, and yes, I still remember how to say it, and very loudly I said, (laughs) And everybody stopped talking. Everybody turned around and looked at me. And I just smiled and shrugged because what else could I do? I didn't know how to say anything else. (laughs) But the, the problem with that was, all of a sudden, everybody thought I could speak some Russian, and I couldn't. <laughs> and, and all of these people, you know, I was, there, I was there kind of for fun, and I was a mess of a teenager at that point. I mean, whew, you do not want to know. I was a mess. <laughs> but in that moment, I know God had me there for a reason. Even though I was doing all kinds of things God didn't want me to do, God had me there for a reason. Um, because I... We'll always remember a few precious moments with this one Russian lady. She was probably in her 60s, and she was a new immigrant. She was in a foreign land. She was scared. She was not picking up the Hebrew very well. And she came to me in tears asking for my help. My help. <laughs> I, I speak English. I don't, I don't speak Russian. I'm, we're learning Hebrew. I don't speak that either. <laughs> but help her I did. I, I don't know how. Um, but I sat down with this woman, and through no common communication other than being human, I was somehow able to help her figure out this problem she was having in Hebrew. And um, even though I was a mess at the time, I, I know that in that moment I was qualified because I was with God, and he was with me. <laughs> and I, I really I have, I have a lot of experiences in that where... I'm doing something that I have no earthly right to do, but God says I was qualified. Um, just a few other examples of that is, you know, I, I, I ended up being a project manager for a social media marketing company with no formal education. Like, what the heck are you doing there, you know? <laughs> and I ended up working for a company where uh, people owed us money, and I had to go to court and stand up in court with attorneys saying, hey, this, this attorney owes us money, and I won. Uh, what am I doing there? <laughs> and, and now um, I'm, I'm, I'm here today, which is a surreal thing to me. I, I don't feel like I am qualified to be here except that God told me to be here, so here I am. And I, and I own my business, Painting Murals, which is also surreal. It's it was a few weeks ago that I, I painted something, and I finally I stepped back and I thought, I, I, might, I might be an artist. This is weird. 
Um, <laughs> hold on, let me find where I am in my notes here. Oh, and also, here I, I happen to be a mother to like an entire litter of little humans. <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes on days when I'm doing a particularly bad job at that, I'm like, who the heck thought this would be a good idea? <laughs> but... <laughs> But God gave them to me, so apparently he's qualified me to do that too. (laughs) So there are so many things that I've done that I don't have the earthly right to do. And I have to say also that there have been many, many times in my life when people have looked at me and assumed that I wouldn't be qualified. And I want to say that because I have felt that. And... I want to say it because I have to imagine that other people in this room have felt that too. But God knows exactly what he's built into you. God knows exactly what you're capable of, and and his measurements of capability are nothing like ours. You don't have to be the most intelligent or the most talented or the most beautiful or the most strong, or you could be all of those things and you still feel unqualified for what he's told you to do. But he doesn't look at our measurements. If God sent you to do something, then you walk into it with confidence. And if anyone, even the enemy in your own mind, questions your qualifications, you can just say, who am I? Well, well, I'm with him. (laughs) That's the only qualification you need. In 2 Corinthians, oh, hold up, hold up. Okay, I have to tell you one other thing in, in this category. Um, sometimes the reason we don't feel qualified is because we feel like we haven't arrived. Well, God, one day, I was doing my dishes. Where I think he speaks to a lot of women while we're doing our dishes. I hear that a lot. <laughs> um, and one day I was doing my dishes, and, and people had been telling me that I need to write a book, and I kept saying, yeah, I know, I, I, I know, you're right, and I will, I will. And I kept saying, I just don't have the time. I still haven't written it, and that's a different story. But, <laughs> um, but the, the thing that was holding me back then was this festering thought that I haven't arrived anywhere. I don't have anything wise enough to say. So as I was washing my dishes, God just dropped it into my spirit and, and said, no one's interested in the destination. They're interested in the journey. And I knew that was true because, you know, you don't turn on a movie to watch the last scene. If you were to turn on the TV and find some random movie and they were at the last scene, sure, it's the climax of the movie. It's supposed to be this wonderful thing. But if you haven't seen the struggle along the way, then it doesn't mean anything to you. No one's interested in the destination without the journey. So if you feel unqualified because you think you haven't arrived... They're not interested in your arrival. They're interested in what you have to say now along the way. In 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, I'm not going to make you get up and down, but Lord, we honor you in your word. Thank you for it. Um, Not that we are sufficiently qualified in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency and qualifications come from God. He has qualified us as ministers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ, not of the letter of a written code, but of the Spirit. For the letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. In 2 Timothy 
I'm sorry, what's the, I left off the chapter. One, 2 Timothy 1, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So my point in all of this is if you know God has called you to do something and you haven't done it based on your lack of those very narrow uh, earthly qualifications, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. When you walk into that place, into that room, into that job, into that relationship, whatever the qualification, whatever it is, the only qualification that you need is to say, I'm with him. We move on to category two. And I, David, I'm, David Noss, I'm sorry, but I don't see a timer. Should I have a timer? Okay. How, when, okay. <laughs> um, category number two, to the rejected. All right, now we're going to pull up a picture of me, and I don't want to share it, but I, I need to. <laughs> I think we are. Um, yep, there I am. And the only reason, by the way, I'm blocking off that other person is just out of respect for that person, not um, any other reason. <laughs> uh, they might not want to be part of this message today. So, But I want you to take a look at this picture from me from about six years ago. I, I think it's clear from the picture that I'm not... That's not who I am today. <laughs> um, and at the time that this picture was taken, I was pregnant with my little boy, Isaac, and this was my little girl's birthday. Her name was Ruby, and, but she wasn't with us that day because she had actually passed away three days before that picture was taken. And there are so many things that can't be seen in the picture. There are so many things that can't be seen, but it might surprise you to say that one of the things you probably can't see is the glow, because <laughs> I know what was going on in me in that moment, and I know that I was like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon in that picture, because <laughs> God was changing me in that moment. And I can say that that event of my baby girl going to heaven was the single most important and transformative and, dare I say, even the most blessed event of my life. And I know some people get freaked out when I say that. Some people even get a little offended when I say something like that. Because how can you say that you were blessed when your baby died? Well, I can say it because I have an eternal perspective. I know that she's safe and that she's healed and she's whole and she's happy. And I know that sorrows here on earth are temporary and that if we let him, God will take everything and change it for something good. Everything. Because I'm not saying that I wanted that to happen, nor that God wanted it to happen. So don't, don't think that I am. Um, but I am saying that I was with him. And that he was with me. And because of that, only beautiful, came, beautiful things came out of the ashes of that day. And that is not an exaggeration. The person in the image was a result of feeling years of deep rejection and deep wounds. And she's the result of being codependent and feeling like I need to help God fix everyone but ignoring myself. <laughs> Have you ever thought that you need to help God fix everybody? Because 
I have, and it gets you into some really bad situations, <laughs> really bad situations. And have you ever walked into a situation that you thought was good, but actually you're picking up burdens that God never told you to touch? I mean, part of me looks back at that picture and, um, and the, the, the entire person there, I'm just like, you know, I, I know how hilarious I can be, and, and this is a practical joke that I played on myself, and it just went too far, and that's what I ended up as. <laughs> it just went too far. <laughs> um, but I was buried. I was buried under shame and guilt and, and rejection and self-loathing and self-doubt, and I was hiding. Can we bring that picture up again? Because I, I, I got to tell you... All that hair, <laughs> I was hiding under it. <laughs> I was hiding under all the hair. And, and even, even the, the weight, the physical weight that, that I've carried most of my life, which, thank God, is finally going away. And, and, and uh, it's too bad it can't happen as quickly as the hair, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but all of that, for me, was a barrier against everybody else. It, it was a barrier keeping me a little bit shielded, a little bit protected from the rest of the world. Um, you know, Steve, Stephen asked me to preach today. I'm, I might be getting a little too raw and too real <laughs> right now. But, <laughs> but the thing is, why am I doing that? Because we're in church today. And if you, if you, this is a place where you need to come and be able to drop the facade. And, and if I can help anybody do that by being a little extra vulnerable today, then, then I'm going to do it. And, and it's not comfortable, but I'm going to do it. Um, the person in that picture was the result of a rejected and wounded me. But that's not who I am today because I can confidently say that I'm with him. <laughs> We've all experienced rejection, and sometimes it just gets so under our skin that it immobilizes us. And we fear being rejected again, so we don't venture out beyond the comfort zone. But I have to tell you that the comfort zone is not where God's called you to be. He, he's the great comforter. And I, I have to believe that part of the reason is because he wants us to keep going to places where we need to be comforted. Because he's built this world where nothing is created without something being broken. And, and some of you have heard me say that before because it's one of those things that I just can't get past. It's just it's everything that is created comes from something being broken. If you think about a seed, a, a, the ground, something's being planted, um, a, a woman's body giving birth, it, there's, everything in this world comes from something being broken. Uh, it's just the way he's designed it. And, and I have felt deep wounds of being unimportant and overlooked, and probably you have too. But the person in that picture was just beginning to realize that, that Jesus was loving me deeply all along. He held my hand, and he's always held my hand and accepted everything I am. And there are still times when rejection can try to creep in, and sometimes it just looks like loneliness, but I'm not alone because I'm with him. I'm not rejected. I'm fully known and accepted just as I am, and so are you. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Whoa. Pull out the scripture, Jules. 
That's a long, that's a long section. Okay. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under Christ. When I read that, I just, I think, God's given you a lot of forethought to be here. you're You're not just here, just on a whim. He planned you. He purposed you. You have a reason, and you are fully accepted because he made you. So today, it's time to stop letting rejection hold you captive. It's a lie and a chain that's already been broken. We can feel completely known, completely loved, and fully adopted. We can, feel, we can look rejection in the face and say, I don't know who you are, but I know who I am because I'm with him. Number three, to the emotionally wounded. Rejection and emotional wounds go hand in hand. They're both part of a stolen identity that leaves us with a lack of love, which is exactly the thing we've been craving. The tricky thing about emotional wounds is that they tend to strip us of our God-given confidence in who he created us to be. And one of the worst parts about the lack of confidence in our identity is that it strips us our our ability to fully love and be loved, which is the thing we've been craving. And I've come to fully believe that you can't actually be humble without also being confident in God-given identity. God-given confidence in our own identity has nothing to do with pride. It's nothing to do with pride. And, And anything we ourselves have done or could do It's about fully acknowledging and understanding that God created us as a masterful creator. He put everything into us that makes us anything good. And and we can be confident not because of who we are, but because we've been crafted by the ultimate master craftsman. And he never produces anything that's less than perfect or, or less than intentional. Understanding all of that allows us to release control, to stop trying to prove we're worthy, and simply rest in the fact that we are worthy by design. You don't have to strive for it. You just are. It's like trying to strive to be worthy of breathing air. You can't, there's no way around that one. You just are. <laughs> it's what ultimately shows us, it's what ultimately allows us to be truly humble and to love each other without the demand for equal reciprocation or the craving for recognition. Because those things are ultimately based on fear and that we aren't good enough or that we aren't loved. And humility and fear are like oil and water. They just don't, they just don't mix. 
To be truly humble, we have to let go of the idea that we aren't good enough. Because who we are, who are we to say that God's masterpiece isn't good enough? To be humble, we have to be confident that we, as God's creation, have been created with perfection. It's not because of us. It's only because of his masterful design. And confidence in one's identity means that you don't have to be concerned about what others are thinking, only about what God thinks. You don't have to spend any energy on or anxiety over how you're being perceived or if you're going to be accepted or if you're going to be loved as you are. You don't have to wear a masked personality and you don't have to fear man. And this is kind of, this can sound kind of harsh when I say this and I don't mean it in a harsh way, but when we're trapped in emotional woundedness, then we're also trapped in a cage of self-centeredness. And it's not the same as conceit. It's, it's more like, like when you stub your toe and it really hurts and that's all you can think about. Emotional wounds trap you in the same way. You can't, you can't think about other people very well when you are so hurt. But God can heal it. God does heal it. The fear of more hurt sometimes is what drives our actions and relationships, and it prevents us from fully loving with a godly love. But today is a good day to start a journey toward healing, emotional healing. And the first step is to say, I'm with him. I'm with him. I don't need to be with anybody else right now because I'm with him. Even if, even if everyone else has rejected me, even if I've felt wounded by my family, my friends, those I love, I'm with him. And in him, I live and move and have my being. I know who I am, or I'm learning who I am. I know he loves me, and that's, ma- that's what matters most. So in that knowledge, there's finally rest from the struggle of needing to be loved. It, it's such a futile struggle because it simply is. You just are. You don't have to fight for it. You just are. There's no question about it. And it's a fact that has never and can never be changed. In Psalm 139, 13-17 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All my days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts, God. I love that. (laughs) So rest today. When you feel unworthy, when you feel abandoned, say, I'm with him, and rest. Number four, to those who need physical healing. And this is another one that I hold near and dear to my heart because I have needed physical healing since the day I was born. It's been part of my story, and and I was born a cripple, and God healed me enough that I could walk, but um, I walk with a limp, and I've been in pain all of my life. And next, I mean, wait, this month, I get a new hip. (laughs) Woo-hoo! So 
It's amazing to me. I mean, gosh, it's an outpatient, outpatient surgery. You walk in with your gimp leg and you walk out without it. That's amazing, right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I need a new hip, and I probably at some point will need new knees. My kneecaps have... They used to slide, and now, looking back, it's a funny story. It, it wasn't at the time, but when I was, a, when I was going through growth spurts as a teenager, um, like from, from middle school to high school, that's the worst time for this. <laughs> but my, my kneecaps would just slide, and we moved a lot, so, and I was also extremely shy. Like, I'm an introvert at, the, at core. You might, you might not get that, but I am. And I was very shy as a, as a young person. So I was the shy new girl who was also a little bit weird always, and also happened to be the one who fell over in the hallway all the time. <laughs> and now I can look back at that and like, that is hilarious to me. <laughs> but at the time, it was not. <laughs> um, I was also the, the one that I had to have alternative gym classes or, or be miserable in the regular gym class and feel a lot of shame because I couldn't do what other people were doing. And I, a lot of this time with my physical weirdness, I, I thought it was my fault. Most of it, I thought it was my fault somehow. So I carried a lot of shame about that. Um, <laughs> You know, falling in the hallway is pretty funny. <laughs> my, bis- my disabilities sometimes may not look like much from the outside, but I've been in pain all of my life. <laughs> and, and the emotional pain has been much more burdensome. I carried shame the majority of my life, but I, I don't anymore, obviously. I'm sitting here telling you about me falling over. <laughs> um and sometimes I've wondered why God just wouldn't heal me. Like, I, I've asked, I've, I've prayed, I've wondered, I've, I've questioned myself. Like, is it my lack of faith? Is it, am I not, am I not doing enough? That's, that's not the case. That's not the case. Um, the point is, the point is that I know that what it is to have physical limitations. And not as extreme as some, but I know what it is. And I know what it's like to let them hold me back from my God-given purpose. And I could go on talking about it, but if you've been keeping up with The Chosen, there is a scene in season three that is the most phenomenal explanation of this that I've ever seen. So we're going to watch that. It's kind of long, but it's worth it. (laughs) Master. Little James. May I have a moment? Of course. I am... Um... Forgive me, I'm uh, not always confident to speak. Slow to speak. It's a very good quality. <laughs> <clears throat> I wanted to ask you a question. Please? So you're sending us out with the ability to heal the sick and lame. Yes, that... That is what you said? Yes. So you're telling me that I have the ability to heal. (laughs) Forgive me, I just find that difficult to imagine with my condition. Which you haven't healed. 
Do you want to be healed? Yes, of course, if, if that's possible. I think you've seen enough to know it's possible. Why haven't you? Because I trust you. What? Little James. Precious little James. I need you to listen to me very carefully. Because what I'm going to say defines your whole life to this point and will define the rest of your life. Do you understand? In the Father's will, I could heal you. Right now. And you'd have a good story to tell, yes? Yes, that you do miracles. And that's a good story. But there are already dozens who can tell that story. And there will be hundreds more. Even thousands. But think of the story that you have. Especially in this journey to come. If I don't heal you. To know how to proclaim that you still praise God in spite of this. To know how to focus on all that matters so much more than the body. To show people that you can be patient with your suffering here on earth because you know you'll spend eternity with no suffering. Not everyone can understand that. How many people do you think the Father and I trust this with? Hmm? Not many. But the others, there's so much more. So much more what? I don't know. Stronger? Better at this? James, I love you. But I don't want to hear that ever again. I know how easy it is to say the Song of David. That I fearfully and wonderfully made. But it doesn't make this any easier. And it is cruel. It doesn't make me feel like any less of a burden. A burden? First of all, it is far easier to deal with your slow walking than it is to deal with Simon's temper. Trust me. Are you fast? Do you look impressive when you walk? Maybe not. But these are things the Father doesn't care about. You are going to do more for me than most people ever dream. So many people need healing in order to believe in me. Or they need healing because their hearts are so sick. That doesn't apply to you. And many are healed or not healed because the Father in Heaven has a plan for them which may be a mystery. And we remember what Job said. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When you pass from this earth, and you meet your Father in heaven, where Isaiah promises you will leap like a deer, 
your reward will be great. So hold on a little longer. And when you discover yourself finding true strength because of your weakness, and when you do great things in my name, in spite of this, the impact will last for generations. Do you understand? Thank you, Master. A man like you, healing others. Oh, what a sight. I can't wait to hear your stories when you return. Shalom, my son. Shalom. James. Remember. You will be healed. It's only a matter of time. Shalom, my son. Shalom. Isn't that amazing? And, and I want to say that even though that's in that case about physical healing, it's also about being unqualified, being rejected, being wounded. And it could be about any other thing that, that has just been holding you back that you can't seem to get rid of. You will be healed. But right now, you're not disqualified. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up as I call out some things that might you might identify with. Is this a new year? It's always nice to have a fresh start. For me, this year, I, I want to do even better at putting away the things that have held me captive. I want to go full speed ahead into acceptance that I am just now believing in or 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 the things that God's told me to do. I want to lay down the idols of comfort that I've sought in other places that aren't from my great comforter. And I want to and I want to say that I'm with him. I want to live a life that daily declares it. So right now I'm going to say some things and if you identify with these things then I want you to stand up right now and say I'm with him. And don't just, don't just stand up and do it wimpy, because this is a declaration. Don't just stand up and go, I'm with him. No, don't do that. <laughs> this, is, this is a declaration of dependence. <laughs> because with, without him, we are disqualified and rejected and wounded and limited by every kind of injury. But today, we can loudly proclaim that we are not held back any longer. So... If you've been called to something that you feel unqualified for, stand up and say, I'm with him. (laughs) If you've been rejected and the fear of more rejection has stopped you in your tracks, stand up and say, I'm with him. Come on, I want to hear it. I know you're standing. If you're already standing, just say it again. (laughs) 
If you have been emotionally wounded and the moons and the wounds have kept you in chains, stand up and say, I'm with him. If you have physical limitations and you've allowed them to be limitations on your calling, stand up or raise your voice and say, I'm with him. And if there's any other thing that's kept you from walking where you know he has told you to walk, then today's the day to break free. Stand up and say, I'm with him. In him you are qualified. In him you are approved. In him you are whole. In him there's nothing keeping you from your freedom today. You are with him because he is with you. That's all I got, Pastor. <laughs> yes, let's just stand here. Let's worship the Lord. I'm, I'm moved by the Spirit of God right now. See, what's, what's powerful about this message is that Yes, it's inspiring. It's January. Let's get, you know, motivated. No, it's because of his strength. It's because of his strength and, and us depending on him. I'm with him because he's with us. So it still gives us encouragement, but we don't have to build up a, a human determination. Like, this is going to be a great year. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Instead, we are encouraged because he's with us. We're with him. And it's his work. It's his grace and power. So, Lord, thank you for this encouragement. It's because of you we're encouraged. Because of your work, your completed work. Thank you, Father. Let's just let's just seek him right now. Let's just sink in some more. This is powerful. Thank you, Lord. We walk in a victory because of you. We walk in a wholeness. We walk in a healing. We walk in a freedom because of you, Lord. We're so grateful, Lord God. Yes, Lord. Seal this today. Seal this, Lord God.